Yo, 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 what's good, what's good, what's good? You already know what it is. It's the Play to Play podcast with your boy KG. Me Sneak, me Sneak, what's up? What's good, everyone? What's good, KG? Hey, man, I'm over here chilling on this uh, nice stormy night here, you know, on KBZR 103.5. Now I'm playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it is stormy here, though. Uh, you know what type of weather this brings. Hey, that's a statue down station, right? Statue down station. Statue <laughs> down. We we gonna get into that one of these episodes for real, for real. But uh, anyways, Meek, what we uh, what we talking about tonight, bro? I think tonight's topic is gonna be a little bit more. It's a little. It's gonna be a little bit more subjective. Um, something that uh, a lot of people kind of struggle with. But that's. But the topic of tonight is when. When do you realize or when do you know uh, that you're completely over your ex or your past relationship? That's a lot to unpack, bro. That's a lot to unpack. Wow. When do you that's know? That's the whole point, bro. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Yeah, hey. Y'all, we got a well, I guess we got a great episode for y'all tonight then. So um, with that being said, Meek, uh I guess we'll let you uh I guess we'll let you go ahead and start then. All right. Um the way I think I'll approach this question <laughs> is uh first I'll kinda go through the phases of me that after um, the phases that I go through pretty much after breakup. And then pretty much take it from there. Uh, so it really depends on the type of relationship and everything. We have the, the length of time, the, the energy, the time that was spent inside the relationship. So let's just say it was a very committed relationship and this thing just went sour. We just spent, we spent years together and all that good stuff. This is for me, everyone, that the rest of y'all, y'all may not follow. Y'all may not follow this trend. I hope not, but you know. So after we decide to part ways, one of the first things I typically do is I go to a strip club. Oh wow! Okay. I go to a strip club and I spend money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I spend money. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and I just go there and enjoy myself, love myself, um, and all that. Um, you know, uh, when I go home, I feel filthy as hell. <laughs> uh, then pretty much afterwards, um, for that may- maybe a good week or so, I'm just loving myself, balling, balling, balling. But then that becomes boring. And then after that, then I get into the kind of the depression state for the simple fact that I doing all this balling and what's not but when I come home the girl the girl that I really want there she's not there anymore so so I that's that's about another week or two of listening to these sad love songs and all this all this other good stuff oh that boy's uh, the man huh yeah you <laughs> <laughs> And then after that, after that, 
after that phase is done, um, that's when I go to that's when I go to the black book. I go to the black book and I get and I just get on my savage mode, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> and once All I right. hit that savage I'll mode, then yeah, I'm not done. Then I, I hit that savage mode, and then I'm pretty much getting any and everything, everything that I wanted. But then you get back to that depression state again. But mm. at this time, at this time for me, the depression state is not bad. That depression state got that really got me thinking. Okay. I got all these women and all the stuff so I can do whatever the hell I want to do. So why, 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 so why am I really going through this? But now this is when the self-reflection of me um, comes in. But let me tell you, when you start doing that, I don't even, I, I don't even uh, think about that person anymore. And then this is when I reach the state of enlightenment. It's called the fuck it phase. Oh gosh! Because <laughs> when I reach that state, no matter how much you call, text, or whatever, I'll respond to what's not, but it ain't gonna be on that level no more. You had your time. If you was gonna come back, you was gonna come back. But when I reach the stage, nah, I said you seven all ties with me, all ties. So how I know I'm done with a. Uh, a relationship or my ex or whatever, I'm over that. But I'm not sitting there listening to some more sad music. And I'm not reminiscing about our good times when I'm not like checking your online activity. Um, when I really just don't care if you're alive or dead. Like literally. Wow. <laughs> That's how See? I know. Wow. Okay. What about you, KG? All right. Um, so for me, how I know that I'm done with somebody is okay. So I'll I'll give you. I mean, you know me, Nick. You know how I am. I'm sometimes I can be emotionally unavailable. Like I'm not. You know, I'm not really that emotional of a person, anyways. Certain things will get to me. Certain things, you know, have been harder than others to like swallow or whatever, but it's never, but you know me with relationships, it's never been anything that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like this just mm-hmm. keeps a hold on me. Whenever I'm, you know, I had a girl a while ago, she, uh, she told me straight up, she was like, I just don't get how one minute you could be really into somebody and the next minute you could just cut them off and not have to talk to them for the rest of like your life. And I'm just, I just wasn't raised like that. You know, one of the hardest things for me to be in a relationship is dependent on somebody. I was just never raised to be dependent on anybody. You know, if I ask you to do something, you don't do it once, then I'm just going to go do it myself and I'll never ask you again. And it's not a pride thing. It's just a thing of I've just never wanted to be dependent on somebody else for anything, you know? And um, the biggest thing for me is, is when I'm done with a relationship and it's over with, I just, I remember back, uh, you know, when we were in college and everything, what's the first thing we do? Uh, yo, I broke up with, um, 
I broke up with Brittany. Uh, and then what was the first thing you would say? So we going to the club tonight. Hell yeah, we going to the club tonight. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, uh, I'd be like, so, uh, you know, just random girl names. I'd be like, so Zoe and then uh, and then Jill or something like that. Like, yeah, they trying to chill. And then I was like, you know, Vanessa. And I was like, uh, you know, Shanice, they trying to chill too. I was like, which one you want to, uh, you know, which two you trying to go out with? And so, like, I mean, that's just how it was. Yeah, it was was just going with the flow. We we just cutthroat. And so, like, to be honest with you, over time, we just really developed this whole just sense of, like, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't really bother me. You know, if I break up with somebody, then it is what it is. It's just a relationship. Like, I understand we may have felt something strong and intense at that time, but life moves on, life goes on. So it's really easy for me just to go ahead and just remove myself from the situation. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been times where I, I mean, you know, being a player and all the rest of that stuff, you kind of realize towards the end is that like, um, you know, people are fickle these days and people have their own agendas and all types of stuff. And you do get hurt. Even when you are a player, you do get hurt because there's some women that you just like or some people that you want to talk to and have a relationship with that it just never materializes. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you just have to just learn how to be strong and be able to cut ties and not be so emotionally wrapped by somebody. But, you know, and like I always bring this up, and this is a big thing for me now because that's just where I'm at in my my level of faith. But – um. You know, this girl, she broke my heart one time. Uh, I did everything I possibly could. I thought I had her. Like, I promise you, like, I was the perfect gentleman, the perfect, I was the, just the perfect guy. Like, we just met under strange circumstances. We went on a date. Everything was just fine. Everything was cool. But she just would not commit to me. And it, it had to deal do with, you know, her past relationship, a lot of stuff that was going on. And she was still trying to get her life right and everything. And I wasn't trying to force it on her, but I just really wanted to, you know, be there for her. But, like, things went down, and she just didn't let me down. It was a big disappointment. And, you know, about two weeks later, you know, that's a story for another day. But she tries to come back, and she tries to say, you know, hey, um, you know, she's liking all my pics. She's doing all this crazy stuff. I mean, she's liking pics from, like, 80 weeks ago. And she finally hits me up and she was like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. How you doing? And she wants to, you know, she wants to talk again. And she's like, hey, um, I really feel bad. I never gave you an explanation why, you know, I just we couldn't be together and stuff. I just I just text her. I said, hey, I hope you're doing uh, doing well. And I never text her again because I didn't need that. You know what I'm saying? Because what I've learned and what I'm basically trying to wrap this up with is that man, God is a mender of broken hearts. And whenever I really, really tuned into that, um, it was a song that I listened to. uh, It's called God is a Mender of Broken Hearts. It it is so true. And it's just one of those things where whenever you realize that just because some person in this world lets you down in in such a major way, Whenever you realize that that person there can't separate, what that person did can't separate you from the love of God, the love of Jesus that just is ever flowing and, you know, everlasting. Like you just kind of realize like, man, it is what it is with that person. Now I pray them, I pray for them. I wish them the best, but I really don't care. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all about, it's a maturation process for everybody and everybody matures at different speeds and different rates, but you just have to figure out kind of how you want to navigate the, the, the post process of the breakup, you know? Yeah. But, um, I think you haven't really hit that, 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 uh, let me say that rock bottom pretty much reason, reason why I said it's because, you know, I've been married and, and we were in this relationship for years. So I'm talking years. And during that, or even before that, I completely gave myself that individual. I gave up all of me. Now, but I, I, I doubt that's going to happen again. But when you, when you give your all to a particular individual and, and you're full, you're fully committed to it and then something happens, that's when you that's when things pretty much turn for the worse. But because I think in today's relationship that's what happens. We may mm-hmm. only met, we may only meet this person for about a week and as a and just because they have a good conversation or what's not, then they automatically feel like this person is a hundred percent deserving of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, see now that that's that's very controversy because in some cases it can work out it can work out just fine mm-hmm. but in many cases people remember people are just messed up people and when you break up now you feel now you give this person all of you now you you're just all sorts of messed up after they left mm-hmm. and then you go and break like our last like our last uh, podcast now, now you become broken and you go inside another relationship before you fix yourself. And when you go inside another relationship before you fix yourself, it's yeah, gonna, being consistent with yourself. Exactly. Then you're gonna then the relationship is gonna is gonna fail again. Mm-hmm. Then you're even more broken. So uh, there are there are some phases you must you must let happen before you can get inside a relationship. I I feel yeah. the now, biggest this is, phase. This is- this the is where, this is, huh? Go ahead, go ahead, finish your point. The biggest phase you have to go through is your self-realization and realize and gotta know where you wanna where you wanna go in life, gotta know your direction. And mm-hmm. the only person that can provide you with the direction is the Lord with that yeah. right direction. And that's that's where we fail. Now that's where that's where I want to touch on. Now, not to make it a contest or anything like that, but I disagree with what you said at the beginning because, Mick, I started at rock bottom. I don't know my dad. My real father, I don't know that. That's a relationship. Relationships come in all types of forms. I've never met him. He told my aunt that he wanted to come back into my life when I was 16 years old. I'm 28 years old today. And so, like, where I was getting at is just what you said. I've never been married, so I don't know how that feels. And I always tell you, like, I'm, I'm ignorant when it comes to that. So that's the reason why I listen to you about those things, because I'm people game, you know? But mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, like, I think that something that kind of bothers me, especially with men these days, is that we use those things as crutches today. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people use those things as crutches, and they walk into new relationships 
you know, oh, my dad wasn't there, so I beat women. My dad wasn't there, so I cheat on women. No, that's a personal decision that you made when you became old, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's just like what you were just saying. Whenever you break up with somebody, you're not fully over that, over that you know, relationship and you walk into the next one, you're using that last relationship as a crutch um, and you're, you're walking in there not 100%. You're, used, you're walking on a crutch, so you haven't mm-hmm. healed yet. You know, the doctor told you you probably need probably about a six month uh, rehab, but you're coming in there week two of uh, of quitting the rehab and trying to say, okay, well, I'm going to mend my heart myself. You know, mm-hmm. and that's one of the biggest things that I've always had to learn is just, and that's how I've looked at relationships, man. I was like, you know, it wasn't none of those things where I don't have any hate in my heart for that man who you know, is my biological dad. The man in my life now, you know, that's who I call dad. But mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's it's how do you react to that stuff? And we always talk about it. It's about being emotionally intelligent. That's the reason why, that's that's one of the reasons why, like I always tell people, you like, I don't have a brother, I'm my only child, but if I did it, you and Hooks for sure. And I could name a whole bunch of other dudes as well, but at the same time, like, you know, being emotionally intelligent, man, nowadays, that's what separates the, the, the lions from the sheep, you know? That's what keeps you, like, level with a lot of these different things because you know how to react to different situations. My past relationship, I was in that thing. I was not married to that girl, She had, but she had a promise ring. We were together for two years. She, was, she knew my parents. She had a relationship with my parents. Did it suck to like have to break up and let all this stuff go? Hell yeah, it did. But I had to do what was best for me. And that's something that you always talk about, man. It's like, um, and I take that to heart, what you said. Me, you know, you told me that one time uh, a few years ago. And you've been telling me that, you know, recently because we've been talking about it for the podcast is that um, a lot of the times we get wrapped up so much in that relationship that we had that we forget about ourselves. Forget about so ourselves. Yeah, I think that I think that at some point in time, whenever you start really figuring out, not in a selfish way, but whenever you figure out, like, my time is important as well, and I really need to focus on me and what I want to do and what I need to do and what I deserve, instead of focusing on how do I please somebody else while I'm, like I said in the last podcast, circumcising the person that I am. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. It's it's a sticky topic, man. It's it's such a difficult topic to really talk about because I don't think a lot of people out there really are over past relationships because they still let these things carry over, you know. And they they take they take they take. Uh, okay, so you had three relationships that you've been in in the past uh, six years. Well, the first two relationships, you take maybe one or two things out of each of those relationships that you don't like and that you do like out of it. And then the last relationship, you just carry the whole damn bag of things that you don't like into the next one. And you don't ever just sit there and just say, man, I just need to put this stuff down and just start start fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, go ahead. Well, when it comes to pretty much getting over your ex, I mean, it's just simple things I think that you need to stop doing because mm-hmm. the only thing you're doing is continuing to damage yourself. Stop check for one. Don't worry about their social media. Don't worry about what they post online, what they do, and all this kind of stuff. Because Say it. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. <laughs> Don't worry about what they're doing online, bro. Don't worry about 
if it's four or five o'clock in the morning and you see that uh, you wake up to go use the restroom, but you see them on Instagram, um, um, active now, and you thinking, oh, who the hell, who the hell are they talking? To? No, don't worry about that kind of stuff. It doesn't concern you anymore. It doesn't. Don't worry. All the uh, all the little things that y'all used to let's say y'all were together and. Uh, he or she may have had some things that you really liked, maybe deodorant or whatever. Get rid of everything. Everything yeah. that can that person, get rid of all of it. All of it. Tear it down. Tear it down. <laughs> because you're going to fall into that trap. See, that's the pro- that's Hell another yeah. problem that nobody talks about. It's like you always go back. You know what I'm saying? You try mm-hmm. to fit. Then, because then, what did we say in the last podcast? You start you start getting in God complexes. You're just like, well, maybe this will be okay, and maybe that'll be okay. No, it's never gonna be okay. <laughs> that person is not. You can't change that person. That person has to say, "I'm going to change, baby girl." Mm-hmm. If you're upset that oh, I'm playing too many games with my friends or something, I stay on. I stay talking to my friends. If you're mad that I go out with my friends all the time. If you're mad and I'm doing this, if I'm not changing those those things to accommodate you, um, um, to ease your mind at night, then I'm not willing to change for you for the rest of my life. And what it boils down to, and this is a topic for another day that we're going to talk about, is you could be compatible with somebody, but you, a lot of times you're not suitable for that person. That person is not suitable for you. So mm-hmm. it's a big difference between those two terms because being compatible, I'm a social butterfly. I love I love talking to people. I'm outgoing and all that stuff. I'm an extrovert. However, I know that although I get along with a lot of women, they're not suitable for me as far as being my wife and being like in my life forever. So that's one thing that I've been cautious of because, I mean, you know, mama used to tell me, be careful who you play with. Now she tell me, be careful who you lay with, because people crazy these days, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, bro. And once again, shout out to mama, because you know I love mm-hmm. with all my heart, bro. Yeah. She um she's done a good job with both with both of us in terms of advice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like for real, like you really when it comes to a breakup, any breakup, the main thing is the main thing, if y'all take anything away from this, the main thing to take away from this is focus on yourself, on the Lord. Once you do that, once you do that, you will completely shatter any remnants of your past relationship. I promise you that. I promise and, you that. And this is my biggest thing, man. Even like, you know, for you with some of the things that you shared in this relationship, man, is... The biggest thing is like whenever you really just focus your mind on God, it doesn't matter if you are, if you know you were the one that was in the wrong or not, mm-hmm. that, that, that shame that you carry, I mean, that you're carrying, that you're, you're allowing to keep you away from, from, from God. It, it doesn't matter to him. He wants you when you're broken. He doesn't want you when you're complete and whole. He wants you when you're broken as well. He you wants know? you broken. He could build yeah. you up. So he can build you back up because he that's what a lot of people don't get about blessings and faith is that everybody always wants to focus on what's going to happen in the future and what's going to happen down the line. He wants to bless you now. 
So don't turn away from that whenever you know that, you know what I'm saying? There's there's blessings right here. And one of the biggest mm-hmm. blessings that he could give you in this relationship, uh, in this whole post-relationship is just peace of mind. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, like you said, bro, you really have to tear it down. You have to build a wall around your heart and around your mind because you do not want to be seeing these people on Facebook and all the rest of that stuff. Because if you're, if the girl or the guy that you're dating is like how me and Meek were when we would break up with a girl, we would just automatically go out or we would, I mean, we all, we just had girls galore. Well, I mean, we, <laughs> the little black girl. I mean, we, I, have, I, I still, ooh, we, <laughs> Meek, I still have two phones. And like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, I still have two phones. So it, it trips some girls out. Like I literally tell them, like, I do not use that phone. You remember that phone and want to slide up? I remember, bro. I remember. <laughs> That's why I laugh. That was the community phone. Everybody was getting off on that phone. Man. Everybody <laughs> on the city was using that phone as a black book. But like, like you know what I'm saying? If you're if you're talking to somebody who's doing all that and you're seeing that, that shows you their character. That shows you the person that you were dating. You don't want to date mm-hmm. that. That's evil. And the biggest thing is, I think that here, here's here's my main point. Now, this may be a hot take for some people. Now, I have my my friend Cliff. Shout out Cliff. He, I called him, man. And, and this is the thing. I don't, I really don't call all of y'all about like you know what's going on in my relationship. I really just talk to, um, you know, God about it, and then I pray about it, and then I might talk to my OGs, and my parents, you know, they're married and everything, so. They're the perfect example. So I just called them. But I called Cliff one day. You know, I was talking to you as well this day. And Cliff just told me, he's like, look, man, if that if your spouse is not spiritually fulfilling you or spiritually feeding you on a daily basis, that's evil to be in that relationship. God didn't put you on this earth to be sad and be mad and be destructive to your own self or to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. he was just like in. Maybe for some odd reason, this is a chapter of that person's life where they need you just to be a good influence and show them how to be a good person and you keep it moving. And so I've and he was always big on me about stop putting so many stipulations and expectations on relationships and just get to know the person as the person, because um, that's what's wrong with a lot of the dating right now we jump into all these situations not only not heal but just too fast we don't take enough time to actually evaluate the, the people and i mean meek let's let's go a little bit longer tonight not that long but let's go a little bit longer tonight because you're the one with <laughs> with all the experience with that so i'm gonna let the i want you to jump all over that because we're terrible evaluators of people and i mean you know educate somebody out there about how to be a better evaluator of people man well, hold up. You say be a, be- a better evaluator of people. Now, when you came to me about some of your issues that you were having and some of the things that you saw that you did not like uh-huh. and you have already tried and, and, and tried with this individual, what did I tell you to do? Drop her. <laughs> Drop her. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm not, 
and I'm not saying, and I'm not saying like you just give up on people like that. I'm that, that believe you. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that if you already put forth that effort, if you have already um tried to explain to the person, uh, well, that you don't like a particular action, but however they continue with that action, and they do not make an effort to change it, you drop them because it's not going to change now. We're getting older where we're trying to find a partner for the rest of our lives. You know, that type, that type of deal. So if yeah. they're not going to change while you're, you're dating, while you're your boyfriend, girlfriend stage, while you're in your uh, engagement phase, they're mm. not going to change when, when, when everything is said and done. But that's how about foolish that I would be foolish as hell for you to think that they're going to change that. But how about how about like the the pre dating phase? Whenever you're you know just getting to know them, how do you how do you really evaluate them? You know, for one, for one, you got to know what you want. You got to mm. know exactly what you're looking for. You got to, and if you don't know that, if you don't sit there, you don't sit down and evaluate what you're looking for, then you, any anything that comes your way, you're going to try to accept. So. First thing you got to do, you got to sit there and you got to know what you're looking for. And second thing, after you already find out what you're looking for and you already have a strong mind on what you're looking for, especially after you've done, done this dating thing for a while and all this kind of stuff, don't never lower your standards. Because once you lower your standards, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy once you lower your standards. And now, mind you, once again, I'm not saying that you don't give an individual a chance with it. If you want to, that's on you. But I'm saying, I got standards. And no no girl's going to come in my life and lower my standards. That ain't going to happen. Mm. Now, I may, that, may, that may make me, that may uh, come off as though, oh, he's arrogant, he's cocky, whatever. Not everyone has to be perfect. No, no. A lot of them, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't look for perfection. But I look for very simple things. And one of the very basic things is you have to have a relationship with God with me. You gotta have a relationship I, with God. I, I, I think that I think you're perfectly fine. Let me speak your truth because there's not a woman that's listening to this podcast, there's not a guy that's listening to this podcast who doesn't have high standards. I mean, if you don't set standards and it's Meek, it's a thing about and, and I, I agree with you one thousand percent if you're you know is it's gotta be a biblical relationship, like honestly, it just be upfront with your intentions. But um, I mean, that's just the problem. People are not real with themselves, they're not real with what they exactly. want. They, exactly. they play relationships all the time. Like mm-hmm. you have to come in there not with boundaries, not with rules, not with expectations and stipulations. You have to come in there with a plan of attack. Mm-hmm. You know that this person here. There's there's been plenty of women that I've talked to. They have a strong social media presence. They have this and that. These are things that they care about that honestly I just don't care about. However, it's a difference between catering to somebody and being able to nurture that person and spiritually feed them and doing all of that on the flip side but also forgetting about yourself and your standards and what you hold yourself to, you know, mm-hmm. because if you're sitting there, cause, I mean, that's just the thing. Like you're not, there's so many ways that you're not healed when you first come into a relationship because 
to be honest with you, relationships begin, but end how they begin. And it, it's funny because you think that you're in love, you think everything is going on, but in the beginning, you saw so many red flags that you knew that this wasn't exactly. going to work. Exactly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. People see these red flags. They see these red flags all the time. Mm-hmm. And like they, they, they actually, and when, and when things happen, they kind of just take a back seat and kind of look. I'm like, well, I didn't know that they did this. I didn't know that they do that. But they just kind of take a back seat, and then they never voice their concern. You know, and then it continues to grow and continues to grow, and and it piles up. It piles up, and then it just and then when it uh, when it piles up so high that it collapsed, that breaks up the entire thing. When you could have, you probably could have uh, stopped that whole situation with one conversation, but you failed to because you want to accept them for who they are and all this gar- and all that type of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all about your standards and the way you and the, the way you keep your standards, man, and the way that you do not. You do not belittle yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys out there, you are kings and queens. Remember that. You deserve a king or a queen by your mm-hmm. side. Let me, there are let many, me, let me, many kings. There are many queens out there. Who mm-hmm. let, me, let me say this right here. Let me say mm-hmm. this right here. What y'all don't understand is, is that when I was 18 years old, I walked into this gym and I was hooping with this guy named Jay. They said, hey, uh, Miko has your uh, your student union card. I met Miko <laughs> for the first time, man. And since then, it, like, all I wanted to do was be cool with me. Y'all don't understand. All I wanted to do was be cool with me. When I first like got, got to know, when I got to know Mick, I thought Mick was this really arrogant, cocky dude. But then I got a better understanding of him. And I was like, man, that is one of the coolest, most down-to-earth people I've ever met. And, like, ever since then, man, like, we just been, we just was rocking it. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's funny because, That's you know, people, alone was hype. <laughs> yeah, because, because, like, you know, yeah, I'm an extrovert and stuff like that, but, like, I kind of try to force my head with me because we was all we had at, at that summer anyways, besides Jay. And, you know, um, Man, it, you you know how it's funny when they say like, "Oh, you a freshman in college, don't let nobody be having you." You know, go here, go there. Man, me and me went everywhere. We was going to places. We would drive from from Tonkawa, forty five minutes down to Stillwater, with like twenty dollars <laughs> each. You know, you know what I'm saying? Ten dollars each, barely. And like, it would be for the dumbest stuff. Like, me wanted to get a new phone. Knew he, don't, he didn't even have the money, but we would still go down there and press forward. Like, we we made stuff happen, man. But with all that being said, what I'm saying is, people listen. Like, peep game. Like, we really, truly mean. Like, we're not experts by any means at these relationships or none of that stuff. And so, you're getting game from like people who've been there. We've been out there in the trenches. We did everything. <laughs> and I mean, like, we're still going through this stuff with y'all, man. And so, like, you know, that's why I say this is a really introspective and therapeutic show, not only for y'all, but for us. Like, you know, mm-hmm. t- talking about it and stuff, to be able to laugh at your past, that is the beauty of it all. And that's uh, why yeah. I t- that's the reason that why I'm so growth, man. 
Yeah, that's why I'm so open with my past because I'm comfortable enough to laugh at it to know that I was in an evil frame of mind, man. And to be honest with you, I think that wraps this. I think that wraps this up perfectly, Meek, because when you get to a point where you can laugh at your past, and even if you think that person was a mistake, or even if there were mistakes that you made in that relationship, if you can laugh at that and say, you know what? Now I'm not saying like you know domestic violence any of that. No, that's not laughable. Those those are you know real things that happen, but. If there were mistakes that you made, there were semi-mistakes or small mistakes, even some big mistakes, I'll, I'll just be honest. But if you can learn to laugh at your past and learn to laugh about different things and just say, you know what, I thank you, God, for bringing me up out of that mindset. I'm telling you, the healing process will not only begin, but it will accelerate. And that's mm-hmm. what you have to do. That's that's what I feel like me and Mika have been talking about all uh, you know tonight. This episode is just... It's not about how you begin. It's about how you accelerate those, the, the healing process mm-hmm. to finally put closure on that last relationship. Mm-hmm. And you just have to realize that it's not, a, don't do all the cliche stuff or, you know, like, I don't deserve this. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be having to do that. Just say, you know what? I think that God has a different person for my life. The way you talk about, your job, how you change jobs and stuff. And you say, I think God has a different purpose. God has a different mm-hmm. person in your life. Just change the adjective. Just, I mean, just change the noun. You know what I'm saying? Change, change that right there. And I'm telling you, it, it'll it change your mindset. That's facts, people. So with that being said, we're going to wrap up this episode, you know, play to play it. The podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> KG, Meek Schneek, you know what I'm saying? Cause we got a couple of episodes that's dropping. We got a uh uh we got an episode with uh Miss CN Fowler, right, Meek? Yeah. And then we yeah. got a uh, we got a special episode with that boy uh about one of our friends named uh D Hooks. So uh y'all boy, that's look gonna out. be good. That's gonna be hot. <laughs> <laughs> so all right then. What we always say, Meek? Play home, play up. Keep up.